Hello and welcome to Accent of Women, a show by and about women from diverse cultures and languages right across the world. I'm Giselle Hanna. Donald Trump joined with Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu at the White House in the final weeks of January to publicly unveil what the US president described as his vision for peace in the Middle East. It was a farcical proposal, endorsing all of the policies of the Israeli right while guaranteeing that the Palestinian people will reject the deal. The timing of the release of the vision was set to meet the immediate political needs of both Trump and Netanyahu. It came as Trump's impeachment trial in the US Senate continued into its second week, and only hours after Netanyahu was formally indicted on charges of fraud and bribery. The indictment came after Netanyahu dropped a futile attempt to win a vote in the Israeli Knesset, granting him immunity from this prosecution. Since December 2017, the Trump administration has recognised Jerusalem as Israel's capital, moving its embassy there and has also cut off hundreds of millions of dollars in aid to the Palestinians. Late last year, it announced that it no longer regarded Israeli settlements on occupied Palestinian territory as inconsistent with international law. To discuss these developments in the struggle for a free Palestine, I'm joined by Palestinian socialist Reem. Recently, since uh, end of uh, January last week, we heard of the deal of the century. We've been he- hearing about it for over a year now. Um, it is what Trump's administration um, have cooked up for us, supposedly to be a, piece, a newest peace deal um, with the Palestinians, and he actually, uh, as a Palestinian, I know that it uh, favors the Israelis and especially what Netanyahu has been calling for um, very, very blatantly, and it uh, uh, demands the Palestinians to give um, really excessive uh, uh, concessions. Now, to mention it, uh, what the points included in it, uh, basically, according to this deal, uh, and I'm, I'm so happy that just one day ago we, uh, we got the news that uh, Abbas and the, um, uh, the Arab League, uh, at last, thank God, they are usually hopeless, but at last, they unanimously rejected uh, the deal. Know, and we know Jordan has rejected it as well, uh, even before it was revealed. So uh, uh, the thing in it is that it, uh, Trump, we know that he admitted that it, or recognized that Israel is the uh, Jerusalem is the capital of Israel since uh, 2017. We know that he even uh, removed the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. According to this deal, he blesses that and makes it. Uh, uh, consolidated that uh, Jerusalem is the undivided uh, capital of Israel. Uh, we know, according to the United Nations, um, uh, the Israeli state, uh, which was established in 1948, had uh, annexed um, the western side of Jerusalem, and the eastern side of Jerusalem stayed uh, under the Jordan rule, then 
even on the, after 1967, uh, it stayed considered under the eyes of the United Nations as um, an occupied uh, land or um, a disputed land. So it is the uh, Trump's move since 2017 is against all international law. So that's the, the first point, which is annexing Jerusalem formally uh, and forever. Uh, the other point is um, they annexed the Jordan Valley, which is, you know, the Jordan River between um, the current West Bank and the current uh, border of um, Kingdom of Jordan. Um, Jordan uh, Valley uh, has been a de facto occupied and um, uh, Israel encroached uh, a lot of settlements and built a lot of things around it, but now it is um, suffocating the West Bank even more and suffocating even the economy of the Jordanians as well when it is annexed formally in, this, uh, in one of the principles of this um, uh, deal. The other thing in this deal, uh, the West Bank that we have today, you have to understand that it is not the same West Bank that was given uh, or was left to the Palestinians during the, the Green Line, which was a division between the Israeli state and 19, that was established in 1948. But actually, it is much, much more shrunk over the years, as a matter of fact, by, uh, or as de facto, by uh, building more settlements. So what this deal is doing is, again, blessing and enforcing this matter of fact further by... Uh, the, by um, considering all these uh, illegal settlements, again, under international laws, as part of the uh, Israeli state. So all these Jewish illegal settlements with their Israeli-only roads and everything uh, will be part of that. So what is left from the West Bank after removing all the settlements and removing all that was stolen uh, during the building of the wall is actually roughly hardly 30% of what used to be the West Bank. So it's, uh, it is really like cantons, like uh, Bantustan, of what was happening in South Africa. But even it, it is now blessed and, and recognized uh, if this deal goes, goes. The other thing they are proposing is to uh, enlarge the Gaza Strip. And they, the way they want to do it is that they want to exchange or swap the heavily populated Arab areas in the southeastern part of what they call Israel, which is the Negev and, and uh, the Naqab Desert and, and all that uh, areas. They want to, to, uh, to give it to, the, to, to Gaza and link Gaza or connect Gaza with the West Bank uh, in a tunnel. And that tunnel, of course, will be heavily um, manned by the Israeli state. Uh, that, in return, for the Palestinians to, to give up and all these concessions um, from the, within the West Bank, making it shrunk to uh, nearly 30% of what it was before. And, uh, of course, that necessitates on the Palestinian Authority, that's another concession they want from it, is to crack down on Hamas and Jihad in the, in the Gaza Strip and just be the, the sole leader. So actually, this, in order to, 
to achieve statehood, which is, I can't see that this statehood is going to be a state because it will be so cut, cut and crisscrossed everywhere and the, deprived of any kind of sovereignty, sovereignty um, or uh, means of existence or even sustenance even, if, if, I, if I can use this word, um, this is what is going to happen. So th- this proposal is arguably the two-state solution to the ongoing war between Palestine and Israel. But even against the uh, moderate um, position of what a two-state solution looks like, actually what Trump did was appeal to uh, the right-wing elements within Israel. Most um, Israelis don't agree with this version of a two-state solution. What elements of the Israeli right-wing uh, was Trump in negotiation and discussion um, with? And what does the other kind of two-state solution look like? You you said it uh, very correctly, actually, yes. The two-state solution, that was since Oslo was supposed to continue through negotiations and, and, and get better um, rights for the Palestinians. Uh, uh, another thing in the proposals I didn't say was even the mention of the return, the right of return for refugees, which is recognized as a, a, a human right, international human right, recognized, but now it is all out of the window. Um, so Yes, I agree with you. It is worse than all the two-state solution and all their forms and all their um, shapes and forms that it took over the decades that all the peace process started. And yes, the right-wing element of Israel, if you're talking about that, um, they don't actually want a two-state solution. They just say it. But in in fact, what they want is... um, the Israeli state, and uh, a new state for the Palestinians. Um, Just that, as I said, mere bantustans that are direct economically, uh, militarily, very much governed and ruled and controlled by the Israelis. Um, They don't want, they want it to be a Jewish exclusive state, and they want it... um, like they aggressively, they just want to enforce the matters of fact they have been building on the ground since 1967 onwards and even before. And on community radio stations right across Australia, you're listening to Accent of Women. We're discussing a free Palestine in the context of a new farcical two-state solution deal brokered between US President Trump and Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu. I'm speaking with Palestinian socialist Reem. It's interesting that these discussions between Trump and Netanyahu happened. At the same time, both uh, presidents are facing, uh, or both state leaders are facing impeachment in their democratic bodies. What is Netanyahu facing impeachment for? Oh, basically corruption and, uh, you know, the uh, the abuse of of power. Um, so, 
he has been impeached a number of times, and and that's as you said recently is coinciding with the impeachment of um, Trump. So both of these uh, leaders are on shaking ground, even within their own democratic system that is uh, that that they represent. Uh, that suffices us to to think of what kind of a deal will come out of them. Of course, it's a uh, just a scum deal like these scum people um, who are corrupt, corrupt to the core, actually. And amidst the impeachment proceedings, um, amidst the desperation of these two leaders to cobble together some strong man deal that is going to effectively wipe out Palestinian any Palestinian claim to any um, sovereign rights in the region, there are these mounting protests, not just in Palestine, but across the Middle East. Tell us how people have responded. They responded with extreme anger, extreme uh, disgust. Um, I've seen YouTubes and a lot of uh, clips of people as far as Morocco, as far as Morocco, the, the, the far west wing of the Arab world, uh, chanting for Palestine and uh, calling for the, you know, the the fall down of the Israeli uh, regime and uh, and state, uh, which we don't consider an Israeli state. Uh, we consider as an occupying state. Um, yeah, since the start, like the the and the the government and the ruling classes, are, um, thankfully, are doing uh, uh, nothing to quell these uh, demonstrations because in in doing so it will be um, you know severely discredited after um, refusing uh, themselves this deal like in the beginning I was I was like taken by a lot I was appalled a a big time one week ago when I realized that it was uh, three Gulf states who actually accepted the deal not just accepted it, they were actually, when um, Trump and Netanyahu in Washington, they were uh, showing the principles of this deal, uh, representatives of the UAE and uh, Oman and Bahrain, um, they accepted it. And, and that was very, very um, appalling, and it, it caused a lot of anger. But now they were towed uh, into line by the um, Arab masses who... Uh, went in protests in, in, in Jordan. Jordan is like 70% uh, Palestinian uh, population. And in, uh, uh, in Morocco, in Algeria, in Yemen, in, in a lot of places in the Arab world, there are popular um, uh, protests uh, 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 rejecting this deal, uh, likening it to the Balfour Declaration and uh, considering it for what it is, that it is the final... Um, nail uh, in the coffin of the Palestinians' aspirations. You know, it's the Palestinians' future generations claiming the rights for Palestine, our own, um, uh, our own homeland. Um, yeah, and um, I couldn't help but remember, I know that's uh, outside the topic, I couldn't help but remember the whole week while I was reading uh, the, you know, these Arab responses in the beginning before they they became unanimously um, the Arab League and, and Abbas rejecting uh, this deal. Um, growing up in the uh, 60s and 
even early 70s till the end, late 70s, I remember in all in our, our uh, radio and TV news, when they refer to Israel, they call it the Israeli entity. They never call it Israel. They say the Zionist entity or the occupying entity or the aggressive entity. Um, it was never recognized and it was never... Uh, and we all, they will say, Palestine al-Muhtalla, which means occupied Palestine. And we're, I'm talking about the 1948 uh, part, which is uh, they, the whole world now call it Israel. So uh, imagine even losing uh, the West Bank in this denigrating way. Of course, it is uh, a central point of consolidating all the massive emotions towards, uh, because Israel, uh, I mean, Palestine has been always uh, a central cause that makes all the Arab peoples across the region united. Like, <laughs> you know, two days ago, even a, uh, a Pakistani guy, just because he's a Muslim, he said how they, they just are for Palestine and they hated the deal and everything. Someone from a petrol station, imagine. So, yeah, that will tell you how much Palestine is central. And we can't lose um, uh, Jerusalem. We, we refuse to lose Jerusalem as our capital. We refuse to, lo- to uh, lose the state of Palestine. And we, c- we refuse to lose the aspiration for our, the right of return for the people and their descendants who have lost uh, by force and by genocide and by massacres in 1948, they lost all that parts of Palestine uh, that is now called Israel. So if the United States and Israel together decided to implement this supposed deal, so they didn't have any reference back to the United Nations or any of their allies and just the two states together attempted to Im- to give effect to, to this yeah who would come in on palestine's side what would the obviously it would be a very significant war but where would the support come from well my hope in in, in uh, that in the uh, united states and all in these uh, european countries that there is still uh, they are democratic systems and um, uh, that they will not allow something to be imposed uh, unilateral, as you said, or bilateral from them and to be imposed on on the Palestinians. Because, as you said, even the the other forces within Israel, the other forces, let's call them the moderates, uh, within the Arab world, the the other forces within the Western world, um, are all towards the um, two-state solution. So I don't uh, see this uh, deal uh, going ahead, given all this um, strong and loud uh, rejection and opposition to it from its... Uh, Palestinians are supposed to be, yes, we are the weak partners of peace, but we are supposed to be the partners of peace. But uh, let's forget all these international law things and Israel and America and everything. I'll speak as a Palestinian and as a socialist as well. I never think of these um, frameworks of uh, international law and democracy and even these imperialist countries such as the belly of the beast, the United States, as imposing anything on me. I know that the real solution um, comes from the peoples, and the peoples have spoken, the peoples of the Arab world. The peoples are against that. The, the Palestinian peoples 
we uh, the people themselves are too weak but they are also too dignified to accept it but to come to their rescue there is uh, the arab masses around them so uh, well just we have still a very long uh, Just on that, I I wanted to link it to something because, you, you know, firstly, I want to know what your thoughts are on the relationship between this um, farcical two-state solution and Trump's uh, aggression towards Iran. And then the next thing is the the solidarity between the rising working classes of Iran and any um, worker movement in Palestine and the rest of the Middle East because the rest of the Middle East is is uh, on the streets. I mean, Iraq, yes. there are these massive anti-government demonstrations, yes. Syria, Lebanon. Like, Lebanon, is yeah. any of this being channeled to a broad working-class liberation across this the Middle East? And that's what I meant. That's not exactly uh, what I meant with the masses. I meant the working-class masses. We have huge working-class presence in, in, in Iraq, in Egypt, in, uh, even in Lebanon. They are rising up for a few months now, and um, in, in Jordan. Uh, actually, when the Arab Spring started in 2011, I don't believe that it is completely defeated. And I think all these uh, revolutions are still brewing. And the working class giant, if you like, when it really wins in overthrowing the, the regimes around, around Palestine, not just the head of the regime, but the whole of the capitalist uh, regime that is uh, in tune with the Western world and, and America in particular, then when we get, when they overthrow their, their uh, regimes as a whole, not just uh, the figurehead, then yes, there, are, there is a big prospect for Palestine to be liberated. Because, um, the, again, the Palestinian working class is a uh, uh, very weak. We need the working class in the um, in Iran, in Iraq, in in Egypt, in in Lebanon, everywhere. We need them to support us uh, in linking all the struggles together in order to hopefully uh, to build a one state in in Palestine, one state uh, for the Palestinian people with equal rights for all, not. Um, just the rights of the Israelis at the cost of the Palestinian Arab majority original people of the land. That was Reem, a Palestinian socialist and activist, discussing the current situation of a farcical peace deal between Palestine and Israel. And that's all we have time for on today's program of Accent of Women. Accent of Women is produced in the Melbourne studios of Community Radio 3CR with the financial assistance of the Community Broadcasting Foundation. The show is distributed nationally via the Community Radio Network with special thanks to the Community Broadcasting Association of Australia. If you want to hear this show again or any of our previous programs, you can download the podcast from 3CR's website. That's 3cr.org.au. If you want to get in touch with the producers of the show, you can write to us at accentofwomen at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter or like our page on Facebook. Thanks for tuning in to the show. I'm Giselle Hanna and I look forward to your company again next week.
Thank you.